Thank you very much. It's a great comment for me to speak from the same Ahmed as Rabbi Yudin, person that uh, one of the most loved and endeared Rabbanim, and one that I have the excitement often to take counsel from. And it's exciting for me to have Mishbach here this evening. Thank you for coming and joining us this evening. I join our Yudin in expressing the the accomplishments of Torah Web. And for me what's most exciting is the accomplishments of one person who has decided to put his kochos, his energies, into this emanating the Torah of various Rabbanim, my own Rabbeim, and when sees what one person can accomplish, when he uh, invests himself, and when this becomes his project for Klal Yisrael. I was not sure what I would speak about with the title about uh, living religiously streetwise. And Friday night, I was, uh, as I was leaving the shul, there were two young men who had come, came to the shuls after Friday night davening. I was heading home with this gentleman next to me who uh, was also heading home, at least I thought so. And two young fellows that I did not recognize came over to this person who was next to me, his name is Avi Glansman, good friend, great member of the shul, and they asked Avi, where is the single Shabbaton? Now, I knew that we were having a Kirov Shabbaton downstairs of several families. I was unaware of any single Shabbaton. And uh, would they have come to me, I would have said, I think you're mistaken, maybe you think there's a, maybe you're part of the Shabbaton downstairs. But they were lucky and they asked Avi. And Avi said, there is a single Shabbaton, but it's at a different shul. Down the block, it's at the Ketan Torah. So he asked, uh, how do we get there? So I was trying to figure out, there's one street, which is a very busy street, and it's without sidewalks. There's another path, which is a little bit harder to get to. And then Avi says to him, I'll take you there. And that's what he does. He comes home much later, takes them... And over the course of Shabbos, I was thinking, I didn't say I would take you there. I was going to give them directions. And it would not have been so easy to get there. And I was thinking, why is it that this gentleman came forward and said, I'll take you there. And I was uh, hesitant in doing so. So I was making a cheshven and nefesh over Shabbos. And I was thinking, well, I didn't really feel connected to these two Jews. They came to show, I didn't know who they were. Never seen them before. Coming for an event. And in my mind, I, uh, first of all, I didn't, I didn't even know that there was another uh, Shabbaton. I would have been, if they would have asked me, I would have been a real New Yorker. I would have given directions, not knowing anything about uh, where they have to be. And... And then I was thinking, well, in my mind, I had to get home. The family was waiting and had guests. And, it was and this Jew put everything aside. First of all, he knew what I didn't know. He knew there was another event going on. And at that moment, he made these two Jews the most important thing for him and put his own needs aside. And that's the most important thing, the, at least the first thing when it comes to being streetwise. It means getting a good Meredera. 
getting a good person to give you advice, to give you directions. And the most important thing about a Muradarach, about a person who gives you instructions, is that that you are the most important to them at this time. That, that when you ask directions, counsel, a shaila, that the person that you're asking counsel from, that person sees you as the most important of what they have to take care of at that time. And then I was th- as I was thinking about this, I remember something that one of my rebbeimans said. He said, the Rambam writes that a rebbe, a teacher, should be Kemalach Hashem, should be like uh, an angel. That if you find a Talmud Chacham, who's like a Malach Hashem, Yevakesh Torah Mifiyu, should learn from them. And one of my rebbeim, Rav Nachman Adler, is uh, a very special Yerov in my hometown, Toronto. He's uh, a Hasidic Yerov. He comes from, uh, I think, the Munkacher dynasty. He married into the Mukhachi dynasty. He himself learned by the Briskarov. So, already a very unusual blend. And when we were kids, he uh, saw that uh, we weren't learning as much as we could have been learning. So, he began to give a shear um, in the course of several years. Even more interesting than that, what really happened is that there were a group of young Jews from uh, friends of mine who belonged to B'nai Akiva. And they wanted to learn more. So they went to uh, the Reichman family. The Reichman family are Hungarian Hasidim. And uh, right away, you see, this is an introduction to Ray Wooling's topic. You have a Bnei Kiva group coming to Hungarian Hasidim and saying they want to learn more Torah. So, so the Reichman said, well, we have an 8th grade Rebbe. He was a big Talmud Chacham, but at that time, there weren't that many high schools in Toronto. And he said, we'll ask Rabbi Nachem Adler. So this Hungarian Rav a person with a very open heart, spent at least two nights a week with these young Jews, al Kiprot Srugot, and uh, Taras. And I remember him saying that he says, what is the pshat uh, that a Rebbe has to be Kemal Hashem? The Rebbe has to be like an angel. He says, well, in our understanding, an angel, a Malach, is an Omeid. A Malach only has one job, one shlichus at one time. A malach does not grow, doesn't become, he's not focused on growing, becoming closer to Baruch Hu. A human being, human being, we have to think about ourselves, about growing, we're holchim, we're not omdim. His Rebbe has to be, with respect to his Talmud, he has to be an omid, he has to have one shlichus. He has to look at his Talmud and say, this is what I have to do right now. And that's the first thing I was thinking, that a moiraderach, a Rebbe, a person they counsel from, when he has to be a person who's aware, who knows, he has to know what's going on. If he only knows one, what's going on, and I only knew what's going on in my shul, I couldn't help them. He knew what was going on in the neighborhood. So he was able to be of much greater help. Sometimes he, if you have a, a Talmud Chacham who only learns one area of Allah, so he can be of very limited help. He has to be able to be able to find himself in the, in the fabric of olive tar just a few weeks ago somebody showed me a, um, a tshuva that came out from a, a certain um, court case where the judges looked at the situation, it was an employer-employer issue and they judged based on employer-employer but there was he didn't examine the contractual issues that had to happen that had to be discussed in that case 
Sometimes the person learns it so he becomes focused on one particular area. So that's the first thing. A Moradera has to have breadth, has to be able to see different parts and know how they intersect with each other. And then he has to be able, that when you come to him, he doesn't have any other agendas, issues in mind. He only has one thing in mind, and that is how he can help you, how he can teach the Torah accurately, and then how he can help you out in the best possible fashion. That you are his shlichus. I uh, stand here at the uh, Omud of Herbuden, uh, and there is one of our uh, group, both in Bergen County and in uh, Yeshiva, who's Kemalach Hashem, so it's your of. And uh, that is a good way of beginning this evening. So that's the first important lesson of living religiously streetwise. To find a person who will, who will be that, give you that kind of guidance. I learned this when I was a very young child, not young child, a young adult. And I read a story about uh, Rav Arya Levin, the great Tzaddik of Yerushalayim. Rav Arya Levin accomplished, besides being a huge Talmud Chacham, he accomplished so many chasadim, so many uh, goodnesses of the course of uh, the course of the day. And once one of his children asked him, "How do you do this? How do you go from bedside to bedside?" And, and you have so many things going on in your mind, and you have the prisons you're worried about, and there are countless good deeds that nobody even knows about. So he says, whenever he goes to visit somebody, he looks at his watch, and he says, "Where is going to be?" 10, 20 minutes, whatever it's going to be. He says, but for the next 10 minutes, 20 minutes, this is all I have to do. When that time is up, we go into something else. But that way, for those minutes that we're together, I'm entirely that person, belong to that person. I remarked, uh, I noticed myself, in our yeshiva, one of the uh, great younger talents that we have is Rav Moshe Weinberger, the Rav of uh, Dos and the in the island and uh, now he is in our yeshiva several days a week he's a man, very talented young man people come to him for advice, for counsel and I noticed that in his office when he speaks to Talmidim there is nothing on his desk he's one safer that he's learning in between appointments Talmidim come into my room I'm not so organized I have a swarm of piles of things and I was thinking if a Talmud comes into his office his desk is entirely clear He's on the one side, Talmud's on the other side. That Talmud feels like the Rebbe belongs to him for that time. Comes into my office, I have to, have to rearrange this farm. And that's a, a very important idea of becoming streetwise, having a Rebbe that will focus on you. That when you walk in and you discuss something, you're, you're his, so to speak. And I, I think that that... Uh, that leads us to the next point, what it means to have a Rebbe who is a Malach Hashem. I often wonder, I often wonder that my Talmidim don't have the same trust in the judgment of their Rebbeim as I had when I was a kid. And when I was a, a young adult. I often wonder why is it that the younger generation doesn't have the same kind, I wouldn't call it reverence, we call it just a trust that the Rebbeim are getting it right, they're on target, that, this, that the judgment is accurate. And I often wonder, that's, that's probably one of you know, the failings of uh, myself. I saw Rebbeim Hashem. 
I saw Rebbeim who, and my, my third grade, my fourth grade Rebbe was a person who survived the worst of times. Survived with his amuna, I wouldn't say in, intact, but vibrant faith. Faith that he wanted to communicate to his Talmudim. I had the Rebbeim who learned Torah in Shanghai. That means that when the world was falling apart, they were dedicating themselves to the study of Torah. I had the schus, as many of you had the schus to learn at the Rabbi the Yiras Shemayim of Rabbi when he gave a shir is, uh, was so impressive. I don't mean impressive, in, I mean was, it made an impression on, on us. That when, when the Rabbi would, would have a question in his mind, he would sometimes stop for two hours and try to work something out, try to articulate something better. I often wondered, he could have easily sold us anything. <laughs> he was a genius. We were, uh, hadn't even got our feet wet and Marashi told us, and he could have told us anything we would have. But he had a, such a sense of Yerushalayim that he would not go further unless he was convinced of the accuracy, of the integrity. So we were Zohar to have Rebbein who gave us that sense of confidence in their Kemalach Hashem. And sometimes that uh, maybe we maybe that's what we have to I speak for myself we have to provide that with in a greater extent to our Talmudim the uh, I've had so often I've had times to see that I remember that when Rafinkel was Nifta the Rashiva uh, the Mir Nifta was a man whose dedication to the study of Torah was uh, beyond words. A man who was suffering from degenerative disease and, and he often refused medication so his mind would be clear and be able to teach. So after his nifta, I was asking some of the Talmudim of recollections. So one of my nephews who learned in the mirror, he said he remembered that on one time when Rafinkel asked that the boys shouldn't play sports on Friday after a Seder, Friday afternoon. And uh, again, these are American kids. So the one time they get to play sports, he thought that wasn't, the, it was the becoming of them. He thought it wasn't good as... So I asked, what was the rate of compliance? Did the boys listen? So he said to me, you have to understand the sincerity of a Finkel. He could have asked us anything. We saw such sincerity, such Kamala Hashem that whatever he would have asked, we would have had to do. He couldn't have, could have done otherwise. So I was uh, thinking about this uh, presentation. Somebody asked me, is this something new to this generation? That the younger, the millennials, have just less confidence in the judgment of, of the great Talmud Chachamim. And, you know, we're holding by Purim now. I have to tell you, the Hassam Sofer lived in the 1700s thinks that this goes all the way back to Arsina. We know that we say in, in, in the Megillah, Kimu Bekiblu. Kimu Masha Kiblu Kvar. Gemara says that Purim was a time when the Jews accepted Torah again. Gemara explains that Arsina, Kofalem Hagigigigas, the Kedish gave us the Torah, accepted under duress. Comes Purim and we accepted once again. Tosa says, what do you mean under duress? We said, Nasim and Ishma. Tosha says, we were willing to accept everything that the Baruch Hu gave us. Kol Hashem Nase. Right? 
Chazal with the rabbis will interpret. We'll wait and see. We'll see if they get it right. So the Chassam Sarev says it. We'll see. We're not ready to say that everything the rabbis say is correct. And that's the, that's was the measure, the level of their acceptance according to this Tosa. It says the Chassam Sofer. So why did it change? That when it came to Kilo, Kimu Kilo means they accepted Torah and they accepted Torah and everything the Chassam are going to say. So Chassam Sofer says, because you have to understand, from the fourth parak of the Megillah till the eighth parak, the Jews were wondering, did Mordechai get it right? Did Mordechai do, was, was the right thing? Did he do the right thing? Was it correct? And he endangered himself. He endangered the Jewish people. They questioned Mordechai's judgment. And then when we get to the end of the Megillah, and Claudius Yisrael sees the Kaddish Baruch who corroborated Mordechai's judgment. To Mordechai's judgment called Claudius Yisrael has not only survived, but Claudius Yisrael learned about the, the strength of Claudius Yisrael. Kal Yisrael learned about the strength of Davni. Kal Yisrael learned about the Kedush protection. She was some Then they realized Mordechai, Chazal. Then they said all their questions, all these, for this period of time. They were embarrassed. So, Kivu, Ma'ashe, Kivu, they said, now we are accepting not only the Teresh of not Kal Yisrael, but they, their faith in Chazal was renewed. And that's why it's a time for Kabbalah's HaTorah, even of the, especially of the Dirabonans. This, this week, when you open up the, the Rashi's of this week, we have the unusual phrase where Rashi says, I'm not sure what the Eifut is, but Libi Oimerli. So the Chachmei Musr say in a slightly different context. They say, when Arishan says Libi Oimerli, my heart tells me. See, that's a much stronger statement, greater clarity than if a region brings five proofs. Because Libi Omerli means, I, he does not saying it this way, but Amalach Hashem is able to understand Torah and the wealth of Torah which is inside of me gives me a certain insight, a certain judgment. That's much more powerful. Five proofs is five proofs. If I had to argue something, I'd have to bring a proof. If I would say, Libi Omerli, you'd say, thank you very much. <laughs> But uh, prove what you have to say. But the Chachmei Yador, if they say, Libi Omerli, this is what my heart tells me. doesn't mean they're talking in a whim. doesn't mean it's a passing judgment. It means a person who has reached the heights of Malach Hashem because of all the Torah that he studied, of the impact that the Torah has, the kind of person the Torah has made him. So then that Libi Omerli is of much more profound impact than even if the Rishon has numerous logical arguments or, or proofs. That was the first thing that occurred to me when I was thinking about the Rishabas, what it means to speak about being streetwise. Take, uh, find the right Moraderach, have confidence and faith in the Moiradrachim of Klal Yisrael. And people who are, have proven themselves to be Malachi Hashem for us. And then I'll tell you another thought that came to my mind. It was a Thursday night, a Talmud of mine made a, a seum on Mesech the Sanhedrin. Now that's a significant, any seum is a significant accomplishment. Sanhedrin already is uh, over 100 dafim. So he's very excited, he should be excited. 
and it took a lot of, as any seam, it takes a lot of uh, stick to it in to, to make it. So he's making a seam and he said, you know, Thursday night, he was a, he's an advisor for NCSY. And he said, maybe I'll do it at the end. There was an NCSY get-together of Atlantic Seaboard. They got together over Shabbos in Brooklyn. Thursday night they get together, the double tree right before you get onto the bridge. That's what we're all getting together. He will make the CM at the NCSY convention. And I said, I mean, it's easier. You can make a new sheep, you have to cross the bridge. You're making the double tree. I saved crossing the bridge. This Kavaldi is great. So Thursday night, 9.20, he's there, he makes the CM. And as I was walking in, so the, uh, the head of, of NCSY, of this particular region, didn't know that I also grew up in NCSY in Toronto. So he's a little bit nervous. He's a man with a white beard. He's a very good yeshiva. He know, he wanted to warn me what I'm going to see. Again, Baruch Hashem, I've seen this many times. And he says, what you're going to see is the street. You see the gas. See the kids come from the street. Baruch Hashem, he's a, like any Jewish kids, these are gems. Gems would come to spend Shabbos together. But what he's telling me is that I have to be careful because these youngsters live in unfiltered lives. They've taken it all in. And the, the job that we have to do is to help them filter. And that is, I think, the next, uh, the second idea that, that we should discuss when we speak about living religiously streetwise. Think that we are we all have often thought about the, uh, the impact that living in a high-tech society has on us. And I often tell my Talmudim that the yeshiva learning is the, the last stand that we have. First of all, because when one's learning, one, uh, one requires a significant attention span. And then they tell Mike, tell me, you have a tool that the rest of society doesn't have anymore. Because you're going to have to sit with a Gemara, a Rashinatosis, and you'll only succeed if you're going to be able to concentrate for more than, uh, what's the attention span now? I don't know, two minutes now. You're going to have to. And as a young man, a young man develops his skills in Gemara, so they're developing the ability to think longer, it's in the last stand, but that is such a powerful tool. Of course, the study of Torah in and of itself is a, it, it, it is what it does for, for our lives, but I was just pointing out to them that you have to realize this is the last stand. And when you're successful learning, it'll catapult you way ahead. You'll be, you'll be maybe a dinosaur when it comes to intellectual activity, but you'll have everything. You'll have the, the modern world and you'll have the age-old ability to think about You'll be able to think critically. So many of, uh, of ourselves and the younger millennials, so their understanding, their thinking is so impacted by, uh, by blogs. I mean, it's impacted by people who have time to write blogs. It's a strange thing. <laughs> so the, but a person who learns has to think critically. It's always evaluating things. So that in itself is such an important uh, filter for Claudius Rowe. And it's something that's so, so available to us. We say that uh, Chumash points out 
we read at the beginning of Yisrael that when Yisrael comes to Moshe Rabbeinu he knows the history of Kal Yisrael but then it says that Moshe brings Yisrael into the tent into the Oral and uh, the Targum says points out what was he doing His, Moshe was teaching him Torah and then Yisrael after he has this time with Moshe Rabbeinu he says now I understand now I understand the, all the great things that Baruch has done for you and there's a tremendous insight which the Targum is giving to us. Yisra only came to the road, to Klal Yisrael because he knew about Kriyas Yamsuf, knew about Torah and the Be'er, and he knew all everything. And he knew about it enough to come. But to be able to appreciate it, to see it in a refined sense, to see how a Baruch Hu impact, how a Baruch Hu brought it about, only through the course of learning. The course of learning helps us understand the, uh, the events of the Cheskel Abramsky Abramsky was one of great, the great minds of the 20th century it was, it was a, first it was a, a rub in Eastern Europe then he became a rub in England then he uh, lived the last few years in Eretz Yisrael and he points out the very last Pesach of the Megillah right the last Pesach Lo Heim Suvim isn't the story already recorded? Midase Paros Amada. So what's the point of the last Pesach? Is anybody taking out the uh, chronicles of Paros Amada? Why is the last Pesach we say, Allah, if you want to see the star, Allah, I'm suing. So Abraham says, you know what Esther was saying? He's saying, you look at the Megillah, you're not going to get the full story. Because I'm not interested in teaching the full story. You want to know the history, the details, the events, one or the other? You look at the chronicles. I'm interested in showing you how you view it as a person who's viewed by Kriyat Torah. I'm interested in you seeing what Haman thought and what happened to Haman. I'm interested in you seeing the, the prayers that Kali Yisrael had in the effectiveness of the prayers. It's a different way of looking at things. And that's one of the important parts of, of our, one of the great filters. It's a filter, but it's a gift. It's such a great gift and then we'll, we'll finish up with this idea you know we say at the end of the Megillah we say it every, every Motsoy Shabbos the Jews had light and they had happiness and they had inward happiness and they had tremendous comfort and Chazal interpreted that to me in other words a parent that Chazal is saying is that these parts of Torah, Torah and Bris and Yom Tif are all somewhat challenged. So Samus, the Gerebbe says, if that's what Esther had in mind, so why didn't she say, Why the code word? So Samus explains that what Esther had in mind is that every mitzvah that we practice gives us joy and inward joy and gives us great privilege and gives us great insight. But we appreciate the joy of every mitzvah most when it comes to Yom Tif. And we appreciate the privilege of every mitzvah when we think about tefillin. And we appreciate the insight that we have when we do mitzvahs when we learn Torah. Torah is the Torah. And Klal Yisrael appreciated the insight of learning Torah once again after poor many of the time. And I was trying to think, why is that so? 
Why, what was this new appreciation of the study of Torah? Having the following suggestion. Esther points out to us, this is one of the insights of the Megillah, which you don't get from the Chronicles of Paros Yeshna am mufuzom farad, yeshna chazal yeshenim. That one of the ills that affected the Jewish people coming into the, the decree of Haman was we became apathetic, lethargic, it became, mitzvahs became routine to us. Yeshna, and we were doing the mitzvahs. We were mefuzom farad, we, we looked different. But yeshna, but it wasn't with excitement. So Kali's understood, how do you inject a measure of excitement? How do you inject a sense of uh, looking forward to a mitzvah? By studying, by learning more about it. That to say, how, how does a person become more streetwise religiously? So then the two issues are making sure you have the right mora derech, the right guides, the right people to bring you to the right places. Kemalach Hashem. Appreciate they became Kemalach Hashem because of their study of Torah, because of their dedication. They're focused on you because they became who they are the study of Torah. Appreciate that I may not become a Kamal Hashem when I study, but if the study of Torah can make a person to that kind of a person, imagine what it can do to me. And then to appreciate that the times require such powerful filters if we're going to maintain who we are and maintain what Kishroch wants from us. And the Torah, the study of Torah, one of the most powerful filters just by shedding light, giving us insight, and by giving us the simcha, the optimism that, that only the study of Torah can give. I have an opportunity every Thursday. You know, Yeshiva, Yu is a very big place. We have lots of different Talmidim. And we have a group of Talmidim that are relatively new to the practices of, of Torah and observance of Torah. And again, these are gems of Jews. They're coming. To, they made decisions. They come to Yeshiva. One of, for example, one member of this group I just learned last week was a student in the University of Arizona. And he was taking a comparative religious class. And he has an obviously Jewish name. So the professor was contrasting various religions and he asked this uh, young Jew what does Judaism say about this? and this young Jew had absolutely no idea couldn't answer and it shook him he said, here I'm a Jew I have no concept and picked himself up like a Rekiva the old days and end of the semester he comes to YU he starts learning in fact just last week Yudin showed me his Showed me, Shippel showed me his test book and it's frightening what a person can learn in the course of a short period of time when that's what you want to do. And Rabbi Shippel told me that when he brought this young Jew in to, uh, to his office and asked him, what are your, are your goals for the next uh, few months? He said, my goals? Shabbos. Become a Shabbos observant Jew. Why am I telling you this? 
because every Thursday I bring my Talmidim in for one on one. They learn, these are my Talmidim have learned in several years in, in yeshivas and now in YU and we made a, 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 a zivug, right? That the two get together, sit in the base of Medrash, and they choose an Arachayim, a Kleyoka, a Ban, and a Siva Shalom, just to learn together. The vibrance of that half hour, Jews who have had never known each other, maybe some do from college classes, but very few. And with one goal, just to sit together and learn for half an hour, it's uh, a vibrant, based on Medrash, Tosais, like as if there'd be people have been learning for years and years together. And the connection you see between the two boys. That's the Torah Zu'ora. That's the power of a Kedosh Torah. To give life, to give excitement, to be able to allow us to, and I often think about that we say this every morning. Because when we say the Birch every morning, we end up by saying, Baruch Atah Hashem HaMelamed Torah Le'amri Yisrael. We don't say, Baruch Atah Hashem HaSher Le'amed Torah Le'amri Yisrael. HaMelamed. We say the bracha, he is teaching us. Because we really believe it's a bracha we say. That when I'm learning, my success is a kashbarach who's melamed. So kashbarach who's teaching. So then you wonder why it gives clarity, why it gives light, why it brings Jews together. So I think that's uh, some of the ideas that we should express as we come into the, the days of Purim, having been given this topic. That Mordechai, it was a kimu v'kiblu because the Jews were successful in focusing on the dedication and the wisdom and the guidance that their rebellion had. The kimu v'kiblu, they accepted Devei Chazal. And lehudim v'sa'ora because they reappreciated the magnificent gift of the study of Torah and how it will inform their lives and give such great joy and vibrance to their lives. So thank you very much for joining us together this evening and I look forward to hearing from her Willig who is uh, such a, a source of, of guidance for myself and uh, so much of the opportunities that uh, I have had to teach the Rochus Torah are all to Willig's credit both in shaping those opportunities and then guiding me through them from time to time. I thank you very much.